Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. I'm Jennifer Apple, she, her, you made it, you came back, or if you're new here, welcome. This week, I got to talk to the incredible Marisa Corcoran. As you'll hear after we have a bit of like bonding about our friendship in the beginning, Marisa is an MFA trained actor who has since transitioned into helping creatives and coaches craft uncopyable messaging for your website, your socials, your emails, and simply the way that you can show up in a room. We talk about how the best role to play is actually yourself, how you can uncover what makes you wonderful and the ways to lean in and use these discoveries. Marisa shares tools for figuring out who you are and how you can best communicate with others and share your stories with your community. And we talk about failing forward or succeeding forward, the power of surrounding yourself with people who know more than you and what it means to get out of your own way. Marisa is a sharpshooter and funny and incredible Incredible, and I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. Enjoy. Hi, welcome back to this week's episode. I am here with the one and only Marisa Corcoran, who I first knew when she was an actor. I think our first real conversation when I was when I was thinking of going to get my MFA, and I called you to hear about your MFA experience, but. Hi, welcome to the podcast. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> hey, Jenna. I, I was thinking that too. I'm like, when I know, I remember us being in studio and, yeah. and then I remember us like being in a few classes there. And then, yeah, yeah when you were getting ready to apply to grad school. Yeah. I was... remember talking to you about it. I think yeah. I sent you like a playlist of like songs that I listened yes. to. Yes. That helped me like prep for auditions. Yep. yep. I think I and sent I, you my playlist. <laughs> completely. And I remember where I was sitting in my old apartment having this conversation. And it's so strange because I usually don't have visceral memories like that. So for whatever reason, our conversation really, really impacted me and stuck with me. And then I went and got my MFA. So <laughs> I know. And then you went and got your MFA. And you also got your MFA with, at the time, my husband's, well, he's my boyfriend at the time, but my boyfriend at the time, now husband's like favorite person he ever worked with, Justin. And Justin then you who? guys were in the same class, Justin Kime. Wait, did I not know that? I don't know if you knew this, but Eric and just Eric loved Justin and was like happy that he got into grad school, but wanted him to stay because they bartended together and Eric oh my loved God. him. So, Wait, yeah. this is so wild. Yeah. And then you got into the same. I remember you were deciding yeah. between like the two schools and then you chose ACT. Yeah. And I remember telling Eric, I'm like, oh, remember Jen? I sent her the playlist. I'm like, she got in, but she's going to go to ACT. And Eric was like, oh my God, that's where Justin's going. Wait. This I how did I not how did we not talk about that? I don't I know. No I don't know, but I've seen you in pictures like throughout like at weddings and stuff in your class. I'm like, Eric, yeah. look, there's Justin. <laughs> yeah, literally was at his wedding this I past I know. Fall. I told Eric that because they kind of lost, you know, like well, just because you know, when people leave the city and stuff, and my husband was not like the best at like keeping <laughs> he's not like me. I'm like, you should email yeah. Justin and see how he is. Eric's like, I am sure he's fine. I'm sure like But that's that Justin would do uh, Justin, when you're listening to this, he, he would do the same. He'd be like, Yeah, no, no, everybody's cool. Like everybody's, yeah, everybody's cool. cool. Like, I, exactly. Cool. He's like, he's like, Justin doesn't need me to email he knows like it's, it's cool I'm like okay but Eric loved Wait. working with him that's such a small world I, yeah I didn't know that yeah yeah and Eric always said that he was so funny when they would work together and he was like so great at like coming up with like these voices and stuff that they yes. would do and Eric's like I knew he was gonna like get in somewhere he's yeah. so good yeah, he was a classmate of mine. This is such a small world um hi y'all we're hi. ready and like having like a little moment here um for the audience who's listening, tell them who you are, and then we can kind of get back into just chatting. Oh Hi, I'm, I'm Marisa, the spouse of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> 
who worked with Justin at Sugar Freak and Astoria for a okay. long time. Um, uh, and, and you're right. I was, I was an actor for a really, really long time, but now, um, my, my act two of my life is that I, uh, I work with coaches and creatives to help them create like their uncopyable message for their business. Uh, and the copy that supports that a lot of people think that copy or when you're writing for your website or when you're writing for social media or even talking about what you do, it's kind of like, Oh, icing that's icing on the cake. Like I'll figure that out. But really mm -hmm. that is the cake, right? I always say like copy is the butter. It's the flour. It's the eggs, like your messaging, your copy, all the other things that you want to have happen as a business owner, you know, selling to people, calling in the right people that all has to be backed up by the way that you talk about your business, write about it, all of those things. So we really support people to create that uncopyable message and the copy that supports it. And then the other branch of the business is that we also then help those business owners take that uncopyable message and create like their own stage so that they can call in. They have like a nice steady flow of leads of people coming in of an, of growing their audience so that they can, you know, sell their services, make that impact, do all those awesome things that they want to do. So that's I what I, it. that's what I do now. Yeah. I love it so much. I'm, I'm so excited for this conversation because of knowing your journey and how you've gotten here. But for those who don't, how did you like pre, I know this is like <laughs> chapter two of your life, but yeah. take us from the Marisa who I guess pre MFA or in MFA land. And then the transition into actually, let me do this. Yeah, totally. I think like actors, you know, I always love like talking amongst like other artists and actors and creatives, because I think they really like understand Mm -hmm. This story, I always joke and I say that Winnie the Pooh like broke me. Like that was like, <laughs> that was it. So when I graduated from my MFA, as people know, you know, you have your showcase, you do all those things. And I went back to New York and I had uh, an agent, I had a manager and I couldn't really go back. I, as all actors know, like I had 18 jobs. I'm not even exaggerating. Like at one point I worked at a doctor's office. I nanny, I cocktail waitress, all these things. Yeah. So when I came back from grad school and I had the, the, the manager and the agent, you know, where you think that's going to be like, oh, this is it. You know? mm -hmm. I was like, I have to be, you know, have all my, my, my space free. So that's kind of how I fell into writing. A friend of mine thought I would be great at it. And I started getting these jobs where I was writing for people and, and I liked it. So eventually I kind of built it up where I, I felt really blessed. I was really just writing on the side and auditioning. Were you writing uh, people, like, were you doing basically what you're doing now, which is form of copy or was it more, what type of writing were you doing? Yeah. So I wrote copy for people. Got so it. my really, really good friend, uh, uh, Diana, who you mm, know, yeah, uh, Di one day was like, there are these people <laughs> online and they have these businesses and they're coaches. Cause Di was a parent, you know, a, a kid's coach. Yeah. And she was like, and there's other people like me who need support with their websites and their social media. And Maurice, they don't know, they, they don't know. And you're so creative. Like you would be great. And I'm like, well, Di, I mean, I guess like I had a creative writing. I did some writing and I ended up really liking the writing aspect of like grad school. I remember we had to like put on this play and my classmate Dara and I like wrote the scenes for this mm. play that we kind of formed as a class and I loved it. So I thought, oh, okay, let me try this out. Let me try my hand at this. And I kind of just fail, like failed forward and sometimes succeeded forward. Mm -hmm. And I would ask people, so let's say it was you, Jen, and you'd be like, oh, I need help with like my website or whatever. I'd say, yeah. oh, okay, Jen. And I didn't know how to write a website then. I'd be like, oh, okay, Jen, what's an example of a website that you like right now? You know, so I kind of learned by uh, trial and error. And also I think being an actor was really helpful because you could dive in, 
Like I had to put on their voice. Like I couldn't write like myself. So I really kind of would apply the rules of acting to like a person's copy that I was writing for. Mm -hmm. And then they would get it back and they'd be like, oh my God, this sounds so much like me. Mm. Like, yeah, I know. I I hoped I like intended it to be that way. So (laughs) I found that I like really liked it, you know, but I remember being like, oh, I won't, you know, a couple of years and I'm like, rich and famous. I won't be doing this anymore. You know, so I didn't, I didn't care about it that much, but I was grateful to have it and grateful that I could write thanks to die kept sending me new people. And then those people would keep recommending me. And it was like, wow. you know, work breeds work. I just kept getting more mm-hmm. things. Um, and then I had this audition to play rabbit and Winnie the Pooh. Oh, the wow. Theater. We're really, yeah, we're actually talking literal Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, literal, literal. Oh, cool, cool, cool. And I was so excited because I wanted to do more things at this theater. I really loved theater and really just wanted to do theater. That's only the time that my heart sometimes I'm like, oh, when I see people that are doing like really incredible theater work, I'm like, oh, that I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, this is like a gateway into this theater. I'm really excited. I worked my butt off for Rabbit. I decided like I had his outfit plan that he would wear overalls. <laughs> I decided that he was going to be a mix of like Marissa Tomei for my cousin Vinny. Yeah. And like that Ital- uh, this Italian comic named Sebastian Menescalco. I was like ready for Rabbit. I'm, I'm obsessed. I was, I had like a little tap on my right foot, like my little like, you know. Oh my gosh. All the stuff you learn in grad school. I just, I was ready. Okay. He had intention. He had tactics. He had changes. <laughs> he had everything. He had beats. Guys. Yeah. He was living. He had beats. <laughs> he had physical characteristics. It was outer work. It was inner work. I was Amazing. ready. And I get this call on the Monday that they, they, there was like a mix up with like my equity. Like I was equity and they were looking for someone that was non-ec for this. The point was they didn't need me to come in. And I was standing in our kitchen. And I was just like, I just had a moment. I, I, I decided that rabbit would wear overalls. It just felt like very rabbit to me. And I just started taking off my overalls one by one in my kitchen. And I was sobbing to my husband. I just was naked. I was completely naked in our kitchen. Oh, my God. We still laugh about this. We're like, our neighbors probably like, I was literally naked, like in this kitchen. In the pile, just, like standing in a pile of overalls. In a pile of overalls, right. like yeah. the script, the size, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I was like this. I was like, Eric, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just had this feeling in my body, like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Mm. And I felt that my, like, fate, my creativity, I now know that that's not true. But at the time, at the time, Mm -hmm. because I realized something that we could talk, you know, how I figured this out in my business. But at the time, I felt that I was not in control at all of my own, like, fate. I felt like my fate, every next step was decided by someone else. I felt like my creativity was stifled. Any chance that I had to do that was like two seconds on a self-tape or in a room or nobody really cared. And I was yeah. just, I was done. I've been doing it for so long. And I went to grad school and I did all the things everybody told me to do. And I was like, I'm out. So I was just, I was like, okay. And I, I felt very privileged that I could kind of be out in that way because I mm-hmm. still had my writing stuff. So for like a month or two, I would wake up and I would go right at the coffee shop for people. And I found that I was feeling like good, but I realized like, oh gosh, well now what am I going to do? Because I really still kind of felt that pull to like be in the spotlight or be Mm -hmm. in the limelight, like, you know, be out there, you know, for a lot of people, they're very, very successful. I have friends of mine that are very successful copywriters that, you know, work for private clients. They have six figure businesses, like they're doing really well. And they, they love kind of like being behind the scenes, but Mm. I really had no desire to be behind the scenes. Um, So that's when I thought, okay, well, if I couldn't do this as an actor, what if I could bring what I saw a lot of actors do, which was like create their own work. You'd see people mm-hmm. create a web series or create a stand-up show or create something. And I thought for some reason, I felt like I couldn't do that as an, I was so just ugh, done mm. with it. Like the ex-boyfriend, I just like could not get rid of. 
It's like, it's going to be done with you. I got to cut this off. But what if I could do this as a business owner? And so that's what I decided to do. I knew I had something to say Mm -hmm. because I had been writing. I'd kind of been applying this actor's guide to copy and finding that my clients were really liking it. Um, so I thought, okay, I do have something to say in the space and how am I going to be known? Because by that point I was like, okay, well, this is my plan B, but there could be no plan C. I was just like determined. So I just went gun, like gun ho into growing the business, creating the copy chat, which became like my own stage, right. growing the community. Uh, and here we are. That was, I started the copy chat in 2019. Wow. Wow. Well, go back to, let's talk about what you were saying. You're like, we'll come back to that in terms of that feeling in that moment of whether it was not enough or whether it's that you didn't have the confidence to continue down the actor thing or in your body, how you knew. What mm-hmm. was that? What was that? Yeah. I just felt like in, I was, I was so done, like dreading waking up in the morning, mm. <laughs> quite honestly, and just always feeling like sick to my stomach. Like I realized I was in a constant state of just like anxiety over how's this audition going to go? How's this going to go? How's, you know? And I felt like it was very rare that I had opportunities to like really be creative and go forth. And I look back and I go, gosh, I should have created my own work more as an actor. Why didn't I, I created the copy chat. Why didn't I do that as an actor? You know? Why do you think? I don't know. It's a great question. I just don't think that ultimately that's where I was meant to be. And I think the minute that I like let go of what, my life was supposed to look like, I find that I use so much of my acting, my MFA, everything. And I think it's what helped me be be a successful business owner Yeah, quite quickly. I I have no doubt that is all of those things combined are the reasons. I'm just, I'm so fascinated by with time, the retrospective thought process of why couldn't you in that moment access that within yourself. And I guess it's neither here nor there because you did in a different facet and just this in a way that wasn't what you thought. But I think it's such a wonderful learning moment of sometimes we think we know and we just really, our bodies know more. Yeah. And I think the best role, I I think you spend a lot of time in grad school where people are trying to get you to like, I don't know about you, but like a neutral zone. Mm. And what I realized was like the best version of me is me. Yeah. That's what people want. That is what is really magnetic is me being me. Yeah. And I wish I would have like remembered that more. I was so busy trying to be like very professional and very mm-hmm. like, oh, this is what an actor does. Realizing that like, and I, and I applied all that to the business. I just didn't have time to think. So like I would show up and do lives and I'd be like in a rock t-shirt and my hoops and I'd just be talking into my Syracuse accent. And like, I didn't care if I wasn't using my fucking non-regional dialect. Right. You know what I mean? Like I didn't <laughs> yeah. care. And people were coming back and coming live and people would say to me, gosh, I never have people stay on my whole live like that. I would talk 18, 20 minutes and people would stay on. Right. And I realized like I was on to something there that like, it sounds so like douchey, but like that the best role I think I was meant to play was myself. But that is the role that we are supposed to be playing. I mean, it's so, if we do put it into actor perspective, so often, if I'm looking at a lot of my friends who have, you know, booked the TV gig, for example, that has now propelled their career into like a very beautiful version of some stardom, right? It's like the thing that they booked is not a stretch. <laughs> like, and I don't mean that in any no, same. demeaning I found the way. Same. 
it's no, my the friends same. Too. Yeah. It's because it's who they are. It's an essence piece. I even think about myself with the band's visit. Like that is so, it, it was without diminishing. It was the easiest part I've ever played in my entire life. Yep. I could like, and I didn't have to do much because it was just so me. And, you know, it's instead of fighting the thing that makes that, that to try to be this next thing, it's like, that is what makes you special. And I know yes. it feels redundant and it feels silly and it feels trite because it's like, well, you need to access your, but that actually is the thing. Cause no one else is like you. Right. And I imagine yeah. with your copy, yes, that is exactly the thing. And this is what I now help people business owners right. do because what's wild is that in the business world, people go through the same thing. They think, well, I have to be professional right. in my writing. I can't say that. I can't talk like that. I can't show up on a live and say that. And I'm like, Oh, but you must. Right. You must. So I found that people were dealing with this in the business world in the same way. Yeah. They're like, well, I got to show up like, you know, you know, LinkedIn profession. Yeah. And I was like, no, professional is that, you know, if we started today at 1.30, Jen, we were here at 1.30. That's Correct. professional, right? That we, you know, you're going to send me an email, you send me the email. It's not. Right. And I think that's what we've really helped people get over and really make such beautiful strides towards truly showing up as their, what we call like their uncopyable self. Mm. online in their business and and the benefits that that come from them that's what we do inside of the copy inside of my group program it's called the copy confidence society that's really where everyone starts you kind of identify yeah. what you call your copy star which is taken from the actor world you know okay. um like are you the girl next door are you the femme fatale are you the mm -hmm. leading whatever um and we help them pick there's five to choose from but you can be a combo you can be whatever the goal is to kind of even create your own Mm. and use that as a barometer to go, am I showing up like myself online or am I like dipping back into that sea of same Zenus or everybody else, you know? Yeah. How do you feel about us actually like talking a little bit more abstractly or even in depth about the ways in which you work these processes within the copy chat? Oh, so sure, sure. Great. So I'd love to hear the breakdown of of these different, I guess, types that you're talking about. And for artists, obviously we're not going to be presenting ourselves in the same type of way necessarily, but I would imagine it falls similarly into these types of categories. So how does one find that within oneself? Yeah. Well, we have five to choose from, but okay. the goal is that you, you know, okay. So inside the copy confidence society, you can be the hooker with the heart of gold. Okay. <laughs> you can be the relentless cheerleader, the quirky misfit, the nerdtastic leader, or the red hot trailblazer. Uh, and there's characteristics for each. Okay. So shocker, maybe not shocker. I am the hooker with the heart of gold. Okay. So I, I have your last one, whatever the last the one The red was. hot trailblazer. Everyone thinks they're the red hot trailblazer. And then they're not. But in fact, it's likely that you're not a full. This feels like my, ma I do a masterclass on this. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is like what I say in the masterclass. So a lot of people <laughs> think that they are. They go, oh, I'm going to race. I already know. I'm the red hot trailblazer. Yeah. We used to call it the Wonder Woman. People are like, I got it. I already know. I'm like, mm. but it's likely that you're not a full red hot trailblazer. Okay. And there's likely there's other elements to you. I think you're the hooker with the heart of gold and the red hot trailblazer together. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, you know, because you're very direct. Yes. And you're very funny. You like lead with humor, your personality. Like, and so, the hooker with the heart of gold, that was me when I first came online. I remember coming online, everyone's talking about like funnels and all this like techie, like digital. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, right. I want to talk to humans. I want to be a human. Yeah. And so, I started to approach everything like that. I started to write emails about my life, about my grandpa, about my dog, about my former life as an actor, about my struggle with acne. Like mm. I was just like, let's be real. And I started to call the right people in right. even the way that I would show up in dress. Like I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wear 
uh, some Ann Taylor blazer, you know, which is fine if that's you, right? That's, but that wasn't me. Right. So I was like, I, again, this was plan B, but there could be no plan C. So I was like, let's figure this out. And I started to notice that when people were really responding to me was when I was really in like that hooker with a heart of goldness. It's also like how I coach It's everything of like, let's just like, let's be direct. Let's get to the heart of it. Everything has like the humor, mm -hmm. but the hooker with a heart of gold often struggles because they are so direct. Sometimes they need a little bit of like a woo balance. So they got to borrow from the quirky misfit a little bit. Interesting. Or uh, they can have trouble. Like sometimes like the hooker with a heart of gold is so great at what they do, but they don't know how they got, they don't even know. So they mm. need to borrow from the nerdtastic leader. So like when we hired our online course uh, curriculum, like strategist who helped us, Cassie, she's like a full blown nerdtastic leader. You know, she helped yeah. me break it down or Dallas, who we both know and love Dallas mm -hmm. is what Dallas is who I base the nerdtastic leader on. Interesting. Okay. That's Dallas. Like let's, let's break it down to what we actually have to do. Yeah. You know, so when people come into the society, we help them see themselves through that lens or a combo or a trip, you know, the other one is people go, oh, I'm none of these, or I'm all of these. And I'm like, well, that means you're a quirky misfit then. Cause the quirky okay. misfit doesn't want to be, <laughs> they don't want anybody to like label them. We love, um, okay. You know, so this we just so have great. so much fun going through and then people come out and go, oh, I realize I've been showing up as somebody that I'm not online mm -hmm. and I need to lean more. I'm a relentless cheerleader. I need to lean more in, in into that. And when you identify this I guess, title for yourself. Is it a matter of these are the types of ways in which these categories usually show up? Or is it more like, oh, once I have an idea that this is more of my authentic self, then these are the possibilities that I can then create for the way in which I present myself? Yeah, it's kind of like both. So you find that a lot of times hookers with a heart of gold, they love to do like live video. They don't need like a script, like, okay, we're live and they're going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Where somebody like the relentless cheerleader does better if they're like praise, like really keeping it about their clients, mm. like really like the prey, really breaking down something well that's working in their programs. Yeah. Right. Or, uh, the quirky misfit is likely loves to write like longer pieces of content, mm -hmm. like articles and people have been telling them not to do that, but it's like, but if that works for you, the idea is that like, they'll tell you online, this is what we talked about as actors, everything that you want is outside of your comfort zone. Like it's a stretch. And I'm not saying it's not a stretch, but I think that there's things that we're already great at that we could be leaning in more to. So that's like where we start in the society is like, what are you already amazing at? Yeah. How can we keep leaning into that before we decide to do add on new pieces of content or new ways of communicating? Let's like really hone in on what like our zone of genius or like sweet spot is first. Yeah. And would you recommend then, at least for, you know, if let's say we're talking specifically for an actor here or a dancer, right? And so their form of putting themselves out there would be their website. Maybe if they have social media, I would imagine their various emails that they're sending in terms of submissions. Is it a matter of really just tuning into that particular voice in all of those aspects and then just speaking in that capacity? Or is it a matter of like, there's certain ways of talking in each of these mediums that fall under those umbrellas. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the former of like, okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to be fully me and everything that I do is I'm going to communicate like in that way. So like, even when I was an actor, I found that there were ways that I, I was still doing this and things that I didn't realize. Like I was always called back by the same commercial 
Mm. casting director, because this person and I just love, like we always talked about real housewives. Yep. So I would be in there for like longer than people. And especially in a callback, I would be because they would still talk to me about it then. So now the people behind the table were seeing me as a human, as a human, how I communicated my ability to also, it was also like an improv in the moment of being like, yes. And, oh my gosh, yes. I saw that episode and how wild is Mm so-and-so, you know? And I found that, wow, actually when I led with that, this kind of hooker with a heart of gold, like direct, like sassy way or told stories or made those connections that I was more likely to like succeed in whatever room I I was in. I love that. Yeah. And it makes, I mean, it makes total sense. I think the thing is it's so much easier said than done. So let's say you have someone who's listening, who's like, I just don't, I don't know the best way. It seems like when I do this, it doesn't get received or when I try to be authentic. I mean, I would imagine the clue into that is you're actually not doing you. (laughs) I would imagine. But let's say there is that resistance factor before we even get to really unleashing. What would you recommend of somebody in that moment? Yeah, I think you're spot on of saying, okay, are you – I would actually say like leaning in more to it. We can always pull it back. Mm. You know, like when they say if you show up on set or you show up, you you better have an idea for the character. Yeah. Like don't have the direct – like the director, like they can pull you back, but you better have an idea like a fully, like an idea of who this person is and making risks and taking, you know, making choices. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of times we're still kind of holding back on that. And I think also the resistance comes from what I think people will think. Right. And that's what screwed me. Yeah. So if I could go back and go, that's what screwed me through grad school, through everything. How did you switch that as a business owner? Or just generally as a person. I was desperate. <laughs> no, but I mean, is that it really? Yeah. By the time I was a business owner, I mean, I was $178,000 in student loan debt. Yeah. Eric was a bartender, which I think we all like, he wasn't making, once we moved to Atlanta, he made money in New York city, but once we moved to Atlanta, he wasn't making the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I would wake up every day. Like there was this anvil on my chest and I thought, how am I going to get us out of this? What are yeah. we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. And so I just was like, again, this was plan B, but there could be no plan C. So I was going to go full out all the voices that were in my head as an actor. I just didn't have time to have in my head. How did you know what to do? I think, you know, I, I, whenever I coach artists and frankly with myself and EAC generally, but also just me as a teacher and a coach myself and freelancer in many capacities, like we are our own business. And if I just niche it down for this conversation as an actor, like I am my own product, like you are the thing that you are in essence selling without it being icky, like you are the thing that they're going to hire. How did you, how, I mean, obviously like, yes, there's a level of like, there's a, well, there's a way that has to happen, but there's also the, like the literal of like, how do you get out, out of your own way? And how do you know what to do? Yeah. So I can only speak because again, I didn't really do a good job of it as an actor, but as a business sure. owner, yeah. I, I had been writing for summits. So I had seen the power of them, the power of having this kind of like, you know, you bring a bunch of people together, kind of like a podcast, mm-hmm. you could do video, you could do audio. And I saw that like you could bring together this community, people sign up for it. It was a great, well, you grow your email list. But I also saw like a bigger picture of it. Like this was the way that I could showcase myself in this role. And mm-hmm. so I kind of followed along in that same 
plan that I had kind of helped my clients. So at that point I had helped a few people, like I'd written for their summit and it was successful. Mm. So that was kind of the, the, the plan that I went ahead and, and did, but along the way I made like my own changes to it and started to develop what now I call like the signature summit system. Um, okay. which is for an audience listening. What's that? Yeah. So it's, so with a summit, it's like you bring a series of people together around a specific topic. So for mm-hmm. the copy chat, it was around co- copy, right? Uh, you know, how to craft kick-ass copy that attracts clients, makes money, and even creates a massive movement online. But most summits, it's like there's a ton of people on it. There's like 20 plus people. It could go for mm-hmm. a month. It could go for two weeks. Um, and you sign up, like you give your email to get access to the series. And the series is free to listen into. Yeah. Um, but then there's like an all, ac- all access pass people can buy too if they want to keep the interviews. So one of the things that we did was cut it down. So we only do like one week only mm. 10 people. So we almost make it like it's this like Broadway show type experience, yeah. like this week long engagement. And we added in elements of like the Facebook group where I was doing recaps, bringing people in, we have prizes. And then instead of don't, uh, instead of uh, the ac- all access pass, we still have that, but we donate all the profits to charity. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So the copy chat community has donated over $85,000. Yes, queen. Yeah, which is really incredible. And if I count my summit clients, we've donated over $100,000 to charity. So, but, but to get there is I followed a very specific plan. You know, I just was like, all right, I'm going to put all of my stuff into the copy chat. I, 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 I used to call when people would have a call with me to do copy. We used to call it having a copy chat. So I always hmm. knew it was going to be called the copy chat. I knew the tagline. I knew it. And it was really die who was like, do it. Yeah. I was, I was terrified to do it. I mean, the first, the first time I ever sent emails to people to ask them to be on it, like nobody knew who the heck I was, you know, I wasn't, nobody knew who I was. So I had to really send these like cold emails to people to ask them to be on it. And I just followed that plan. And I thought no matter what comes out of this, I'm just going to see this through. And I just, uh, followed that plan, but also added in some of those elements that I think as artists and as actors, we're really primed to do, which was like have that personal connection with people Mm -hmm. um, and people would come to the recaps. So you could listen into whatever was happening on the series. But then at night I would do these recaps in the Facebook group. I used to do them from my living room because I didn't have my office then. So I used to do them in my living room at night with like this light, the lamp. I didn't even have like a real light. I remember I was like half in the dark, like doing these lives <laughs> and people would be like, I feel like I'm in your living room with you. You're like, you are my like, half lit face. Yeah, yeah, you are. And people loved it. And they'd stay on till the end. And then I was like, gosh, this is, I'm on to something. And then mm-hmm. if I was telling, you know, stories about my family, my grandpa. So I just kind of kept writing emails afterwards and like nurturing that audience. And then I opened the doors, you know, for, for the first time for the Copy Confidence Society. And I was wow. shocked. <laughs> people, my first, you know, my first launch, I made like $60,000 and then my next launch was 112. And the one after that was 300. And Oh my God. You know? Yeah. And the next, you know, and then we've made over gosh, a million dollars in the business and grown the audience and yes. Yeah. It's it's wild. And Eric works inside the business with me now. He doesn't, he hasn't bartended since 2019. Um, so yeah. And I would say that I followed that plan for myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I struggle to say to people, oh, if you fight, you know, if you do X, Y, and Z, then it equals this, 
Right. But I think that like my, my whole energy was in it. Like my, it was, it became like my whole, it became almost how I was when I was applying to grad school. Mm -hmm. Like my folk, I was just like in it. Yeah. How did you have, I mean, and this is obviously, I, I want you to talk about your experience and this is why we're here, but how did you have the plan for this, right? I feel like to start a business mm -hmm. generally is like this nebulous idea. We can You can look at many different capacities and different businesses and how they've done it. Yeah. But, you know, like, yes, you helped other people, but like to know how each thing would build upon itself, whether it's the finances, whether it's bringing in people as a team, whether it's the actual infrastructure on, like, how did you know those things though? Yeah, uh, I didn't. <laughs> a lot of it was just like, Oh, okay. The person who helped me put the summit together in the back end, her name is Emily. And then the mm -hmm. summit ended and my contract with Emily was done. And I was like, wait, I need you. Yeah. So Emily was like, oh, well, I can stay on. This is what this package looks like. And I was like, okay. And Emily's still with me today. Wow. Um, and I mean, I also was a right a copywriter on the back end for a lot of businesses. So I saw what people were doing in their teams and how right. it looked. Um, and a lot of it, to be honest, it's so funny. I didn't even like plan, but really so much of this goes back to just uh, having Di in my ear telling me to do it. Oh. Di was that person. She was just like, okay, do this now. Okay, do this, yeah. do this. So Di was in a program to learn to do. So I go, okay, I'll do that too. I'll figure yeah. it out. And then yeah. I would call and be like, oh my God, I'm so, I remember like my first crew for the society I would call Di and she's like, okay, well, here's an, here's an idea, <laughs> you know? And I just kept doing what, um, she said to do. And then sooner or later I figured it out. I hired another thing is I, I didn't, I didn't ever do it in isolation. Mm -hmm. I was in a community. I, I had a coach from the very beginning and I've, and I've never not had a coach. Okay. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it alone. It's not my personality. Like at right. all, I'm a true extrovert. Like I need to be around other people. So yeah. I was in a group program for a while with a coach. I really loved, um, named Meryl. And then, um, Dallas is my coach now. Like I mm -hmm. don't, I have no thing that I could do this on my own or, you know, so especially someone like Dallas having, you know, being supported by a nerdtastic leader yeah. in the way that Dallas is, I'm such the hooker with a hard goal. So I'll come to calls and I'm like, fuck everyone. I'm a Leo. You know what I mean? Like I'm all like <laughs> fire, you know? Yeah. And Dallas is very like, okay, I know. <laughs> Let's look at the data. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate everyone. How about that? You know, I had a full on, I had a full on nervous breakdown. Um, was it this past week? It's videoed somewhere in, in oh, um, really? the community. Mm -hmm. If you want to go tune okay. in, you can watch me have a nervous breakdown um, on video. Um, yeah. And everybody, we, we didn't even name Dallas Travers. Um, and I had a full on cry fest and for that exact thing. And she was like, and we're going to dial this back. And I was like sobbing, full stop. Yeah. So yeah, I hear you. Which is, and it's so, not my yeah. MO either, but. <laughs> yeah, no. And she's so good. So I knew that I needed to be, you know, so like my you know, every coach that I've had has helped me get to a milestone mm -hmm. that I needed to get to. And then, you know, I just keep putting, and some things I know what to do. And sometimes I'm like, here, here we go. But, yeah. uh, a lot of it came from, I had written behind the scenes for people. So I kind of knew what I wanted. And a lot of it, I just learned like to be the leader of a team and run like a team meeting and, yeah you know, okay, what about the finances? So that's where Eric really came in and started supporting uh, uh, me and we hired a financial coach. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like I've invested a lot to hire people to support us, to help us. And every single one of those investments has proved to be a smart decision. Yeah, They've all the ROI and then some to really yeah. like set us up for 
success. So we have this, you know, Amber's our financial coach and Dallas supports me as a business coach. And we have, you know, we just have things in place that we have figured out as we've, as we've been doing it. I think it's such an important, um, parallel, right? Cause so often for artists and I can only really speak on behalf of myself, but so often we feel like we're in a silo and that you can't ask for help. I know it's something that I'm continuously working on for myself of even just like approaching people and saying, come on this podcast, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like just the asking of resources as also, and also just the community and support. It's a huge reason why this community was started because I want people to feel like they have somewhere to go and, and recognize that they are not alone. But we we're taught that too, right? That it's your journey and you need to, you know, hit the pavement really, really hard. And it's going to be just you and you'll figure it out. And it's like, there are other people who have done this before us. And why are we a trying to reinvent the wheel and B why won't we support ourselves with other individuals who are going through the same type of thing that we are, and then feel like we are less alone. And yeah. I think this is such a wonderful example of knowing what you are, knowing what you're not in a positive way. It's not like, a, Oh, because I'm not this, therefore I am not a good person or not capable. It's like, no, these are my strengths and this is where they need to be focused yeah. And then let me bring in these other individuals who have this thing that I don't have as their strength. And then all of us are stronger together. Um, what a wonderful example of leadership, but also, you know, a reminder that it really doesn't have to be this thing that happens in a silo. Yeah. I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do it alone. And still, yeah. you know, I remember Eric being like, oh yeah, you know, the first like money that I invested, he was like, okay, I get this. He was always been extremely supportive, but I think he also learned like, oh, oh, no, no, no. This is something that we keep investing in. This is something that we keep mm -hmm. doing. Understanding that like, oh, okay. Once the copy chat was successful, it was like, oh, okay. So now how do I run a group program and how do I make that successful? Okay. And what about the team? And what about the emails? And what about yeah. all the other uh, things? And, yeah. it, and, it, and it grew so fast in a way yeah. that like I, I needed, you know, I needed I needed that support, especially yeah. around the money stuff too. Amber, our financial coach has been a game, an absolute game changer because Eric and I, we didn't, <laughs> we never had money like this. We yeah. didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, are things getting paid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they don't just naturally get paid for it. Got it, got we it, We had it. no system around it. Yeah. We were married. We've been together for, you know, now we've been together, married five years, uh, together for 11 this summer. And before Amber in the fall of 2019, we had never had a system together. Right. We were just, you know, bills were getting paid and, you know, hopefully we weren't in any more debt than my student loan debt, Yeah, but we didn't have like a plan. Mm -hmm. um, and so Amber really helped us craft that and what that was going to look like. And it helped me understood, oh, okay. It helped me put a name around, okay, this is how much money we need. Instead of just like throwing prices up in the air, like people are like, how much did this cost? I'm like, okay, that's what Amber helped me to be like, what do we actually need? Mm. to support our lives, to do the give back to the charities, to have this, you know, Amber helped us like create very specific buckets that were unique right. to us. And then we, that came up with a number and that helped me go, Oh, okay. So this is how much I then need to charge if someone works with me in this capacity, this and this. Yeah. And that was it, yeah. you know, switching gears a bit for artists who are at the point where they're like, okay, I am, I feel like I've done some deep dive investment in knowing who I am and being curious about sharing that in whatever worlds I'm sharing it. What would you recommend to be the primary focus of 
I guess this is an individualized thing. So, but your thoughts on like, does somebody focus their energy most on a website copy? Is it most on a social? Is it most on their emails? Or is it just find the one that speaks most to you and just lean in until it starts to feel great and then move on to the next? Yeah, it's such a good question. I think that much like when we talk about the different copy star types that we talk about, it's, you know, I can tell you, oh, this is what you have to focus on. But if you you know, people can smell that like, cause an, uh, another mistake that people make is they'll be like, well, I did it. Right. I posted today. See? Mm. And it like that energy, people can like smell it. Mm-hmm. So there has to be, um, you're, you're not always going to feel joyful. Like after this, I'm like, Oh God, I have to go write some emails for this week. <laughs> so you're not always going <laughs> to feel that way. Right. No, yeah. but there has to be like, you know, that where you, cause where you put your energy is what grows. Um, and I feel like, you know, social media is such a powerful way to be seen and like uh, uncovered. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like the power of email, I actually think they all go together what you just said. Because it's like, oh, people first maybe experience you on social media or somebody says, oh, you need to check out Jen or you bring people there in some way, like you're on Instagram, that's your place. And then you move people from there and maybe they go and check out your website and they're like, oh, wow, this backs up the person that I just saw. This is really cool. And then- that could lead into bringing people then into an email list because then that is like your own. Right. And if that social media kind of changes where people see you, cause we know a lot of like trends come and go, you always have that email list to like let people know where you are and create a little bit more of that intimacy Yeah. with people. Yeah. Do you have a, a way that you recommend people come up with things to even talk about? Yes, definitely. So in one of the modules of the Copy Confidence Society, we call it the six post prompts. Mm-hmm. But in order to where you get to the six post prompts is that you first have to think about like your themes okay. or your, what we call like your motifs, a little like Stephen Sondheim, like your motifs, yes. you know, your little like things that come again and again. And you're like, oh, there's the giant, like, mm-hmm. oh, there's the Sweeney Todd, like someone's about to get murdered. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like your <laughs> motifs that keep yeah. coming again and again. Cause I always think it was just so genius. Like if you just listen to the, like Sondheim was telling you everything that was like happening or was going to happen, you know, like yeah. these motifs. Um, so we'll think of like, okay, what are a couple as a business owner, right? So we'll ask, you'll ask yourself, okay, if me as a, when I'm thinking about the copy confidence society, I go, okay, what do people need to know to be like great candidates to be inside of the society? Like, what do they need to believe about themselves? Uh, what are some like myths that I need to like, you know, bust or be like, this isn't true. Uh, what are some like objections or hurdles that I have to get over? So there's a couple of key questions that we ask. And then that helps you create like four motifs. So for mm-hmm. the society, the number one motif is that like the best copy can't fix a muddied message. So people need to be prepared to not just work on their website, uh, like the copy, but also how they talk about what they do, their messaging. So mm. making sure that that's really clear. Um, another thing is like why your personality matters so much. If somebody's not willing to bring their personality forward, then they're not going to be a good candidate right. for the society. Um, and then I'll talk a lot about what I just said to you, like the the myth of consistency that mm-hmm. people are like, well, I've been posting and it hasn't work- worked. So I have these like four, three to four themes, like motifs that I just keep going back to. And so my content for whatever my week is will be about the best copy can't fix a muddied message. And mm. everything goes back to that motif. Got it. And then we have these six posts that you can follow, but you can use them for emails or anything. 
and you can run through them. Like one might be authority. So maybe like sharing a teachable moment or sharing someone else's stuff. Um, another one is social proof. So showing some proof, but if it was under the, the motif of the best copy can't fix somebody message, I'd want those different posts to point back to why messaging is, you know, so needed in your business. Got it. And so for an artist who doesn't have, say, a business other than themselves, which is a full business, yep. to be pushing forward, is it more a matter of like, these are the things or the values that I have in my life? And these are the things that no matter what in my life, I always come back to and narrowing them down to four or five different things and then the different activities or whatever that you do within each of those values? Or is it more of just being curious about the world around you and accessing those pillars in your life or something like that. Yeah. I think values is like one of them. Like values is one of mine that we come back to, mm -hmm. but I would also say like, if I was doing this, I really got to put myself in this chair. Like if I was an actor still right now and I would, I, I would still go through the motifs of like, okay, well I want to do, if I was like putting myself back then, I'd be like, okay, well I want to do a lot of comedy. So yeah. like I would probably have like, my different like characters. And I actually do these characters in my business. Again, I'm like, why didn't I do this as an actor? But I have like I these it. different characters that I've created with like different voices and different things. <laughs> so I might have like that be one of my things, like showcasing one of like my characters or uh, another week I might be talking about, you know, the impact around like myself as an actor. And, you know, if I'm trying to like highlight other like marginalized communities or things that are really important to me and making sure that that's shining through, the content. Mm. Um, or if there's something that I am working on or creating kind of showing behind the scenes and I might be able to kind of then go between those different themes of, my, of myself. Like, okay, this week I'm really, I'm really showcasing the characters this week. Got it. That's such a cool way of thinking about it. I know, you know, for myself, it's, I don't, I, I, I have many people have these feelings of like mixed feelings about social. And sometimes I'm like, this is such a great connector. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't ever want to open this app ever again. Yeah. And having those things to come back to that fill you with more joy, I think is such a healthier yeah. way of engaging. And if you enjoy these characters and you're going to want to show up for totally. them. Totally. I think someone who does this really well, now that I'm thinking of this is one of my best friends named Jess. Okay. Um, Jessica Meisel, um, she's on the resident Tuesday mm -hmm. Sun Fox. Um, yes. and plug. Plug, uh, plug, plug. <laughs> I think it's Tuesdays. I'm right about this. Tuesdays and Fox. <laughs> um, I think Jess's social media on Instagram is such a great example. And I didn't even realize everything that we're talking about. So mm -hmm. Jess will have her little like TikTok character she does and she'll post them on her Instagram. Then she's talking about the resident and like, you know, behind the scenes of what's going on of her, like on set and her mm -hmm. life, her journey on the resident. She's also very vocal about her beliefs. So in her story, she talks a ton about her beliefs for actors, uh, her beliefs around like her, her values, her politics, everything. Mm -hmm. She'll have little snippets. She just bought a house. Wow. So she'll show a lot of like her garden and, 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 and like really funny things about home ownership, which also all tie back. And I don't know when we have to have Jess on the podcast to ask her, right? <laughs> but I would, I want to ask her like, because to me, because I know her so well, I know that some way this all goes back to what makes Jess book roles and why she's so, so great. Like all these things somehow tie back, even if she's telling the story about, you know, picking wallpaper for her house that she just bought, it still feels like, oh, that's the Jess that I would help do, you know, self tapes. And then sometimes she'll do like her self tape bloopers. She's so yeah. great at those and those will be up. Um, you know, it, and, and she was doing this like, 
you know, as she, and obviously, you know, she has a significant role on a primetime television show. Right. Um, but this is what I think Jess is so great at. I use Jess as a lot. Actually, I talk about her a lot in my master class of like a lot of things that we talk about as business owners that Jess like does as an actor. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's helpful. I think to, you know, it's a tool when push comes to shove, it's a tool and also a way in which you can bring of yourself out you know, and, um, not making it feel like a chore, um, and rather an opportunity and the, the things that speak to you on a core level and sharing that is, I think a healthy way to, to engage. I'm going to definitely have to check out her, her page and see what yeah, she Yeah. I'd love to know. I'm going to have to go ask her. I'm going to have to be like, Jess. <laughs> I plugged you a what's lot. Your, yeah. What's your... <laughs> Do you just, is there like a, a plan behind, Yeah, you know, but, but I'll see, she'll do a great job of like, oh, behind the scenes on the, and sometimes like she just always brings her humor to it. So there was like this cast photo where like she wasn't in it. So she like put herself in it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's just, and then if you're somebody who's making decisions, you're like, gosh, this is somebody who's just like so funny, so great, quick on their feet. And that is who Jess is. She's an incredible uh, comedic actress and she's done yeah. such a, you know, so I think I'm right about this for her, but yeah. Yeah. I want to just ask like one final question. I know that the way in which you talk about this within your community is um, like reverse storytelling. Can you reverse engineering of storytelling? Can you talk more a little bit of what this is? Yeah. So this really, I think is a business owner thing. So okay. what happens a lot is that in, in, in online business, a lot people be like, you need to tell more stories. Yeah. And people are like, okay, well, you know, if I have a, if I have a story of what happened to me, you know, today on my walk or whatever, how does that connect back to my people, to, to my business? Mm -hmm. So we kind of created a reverse engineering, which is called the story strip down which is you kind of work backwards instead. So if I know I need, you know, let's say if we use the, the idea that the best copy can't fix somebody's message, I know that that's the takeaway. I need somebody to take away from an email. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to say to myself, okay, what's stopping my reader or however I'm communicating the copy from just understanding that the best copy can't fix somebody's message. Like what, what's standing in the way there for them? And then I'll let myself think about it for a minute. I'll be like, okay, well, they're likely feeling like, well, uh, you know, well, I can help everybody do everything. Like, mm. I, how could I pick one thing that I do? Like, I help people do so many things. And then I ask myself, when in my own life have I ever felt that way? Felt like, oh, well, you know, I could really be this kind of jack of all trades. And then I let myself pick a story from there that might, and it might not be about me. It might be a, a story of a friend of mine, someone else or that experience. But actually when they got like really specific about what they wanted, mm. it was simpler for them. So it's kind of a reverse way of storytelling as opposed to just being like, okay, Jen, tell a story today. So yeah. it, it's helpful for people as they're doing their motifs and wanting things to like lead back to that takeaway or that teachable moment to like yeah. reverse engineer the storytelling instead yeah. of just, okay, let me, let me try to think of a story that relates here. Yeah. Well, the reason I bring this up and I know obviously this is geared towards business owners, but I think as creative so often when we're perhaps not in a moment of mass creativity or a lot isn't happening, we feel like 
there's nothing to pull from and it can feel really stifling. And I think there's such a beautiful opportunity within our own creativity to not just pull from the direct stories, but to create the stories to get to those stories by going back and reversing that. Yeah. That I think is such a really interesting exercise yeah. that totally. And I also think something that I think any actor or creative listening will really, is then once you have the story, what will trip people up, like on social media, they might be like, well, this story was like a really long story or like mm -hmm. how much of the story do I tell? So something that we teach in the society, it directly goes back to acting, which goes back to like Uta Hagen's sense memory. Mm -hmm. So the idea, you remember in like the book, like she'll have you like, you know, step up and like pretend like you're waiting for the subway. Right. It's like, look to the left, look to the right. So that on stage, you can repeat this. Mm -hmm. So when I saw Cynthia Erivo in the uh, revival of Col Color Purple, Color Purple, yeah. In the end, when she's singing the, why is the song escaping I'm here. me? I'm here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So she's in, you know, Miss Steely. She's in the she's in the pant shop, and you know, like Bartlett's chair. There's no there's no set. It's like right. a wooden. There's like some shiplap behind her in a chair. Yeah. And I'm like sitting. I think I had like rush seats or whatever. Like you know, obstructed view. I'm like off to the side, and she starts the number, and I'm like, oh my god! Like she sees a fully realized store. Mm -hmm. Like I saw what she saw. I felt what she felt. I smelled whatever she was smelling. I couldn't believe what she brought to life. And of course, after everyone had, I'd never been in a theater before where somebody had given someone a standing ovation, yeah. not at the end of a performance, but at the end of a song, yeah. like the show stopped and everybody oh, was yeah. just like on their feet. And it was like, I had chills. So yeah. we talk about this being like the Cynthia Revo, and I give people like the YouTube to go like watch and experience this. Cause it goes back to that Uta Hagen, like the sense memory of like, what did I hear? What did I smell? What did I see? Like the senses. So when you're getting ready to retell that story in a social post or in a live or wherever, it's actually asking, picking two of those senses. Mm. What did I see? What did I hear? So you can be really specific. So you can drop people into the story. That's why when you asked me about why that, I, I literally said to you, well, you could say that Winnie the Pooh broke me. Right. What did I see? Um, what did I hear? I'll never forget standing in my kitchen, taking off my overalls one by one, saying to my husband, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So you can start a story just like that, as opposed to taking all this time to be like, oh, how much do I tell? So I always tell people, if you can hit two of the senses, mm. then you can always go back and be like, recap, what am I talking about? Or what do you need to know about this? But like dropping people into the story and like using sense memory to do that. I think that's such a gorgeous tool, <laughs> just generally about communication, so thank you for sharing that. I know for myself, I'm thinking about the ways in which I can do that just in interactions, forget even just within my own, you know, socials and website and whatever, but yeah, just, and it helps for like podcasts and stuff too. Cause people are always asking me, so tell us how you got here. Yeah. So well, we could be here forever. Correct. So that's where I came upon the Winnie the Pooh story. Yeah. Or I tell the story of working at the doctor's office. So those are my two like go-tos and they yeah. both are rooted in the beginning of those is what I usually pick, like, what did I see? What did I hear? Mm. How did I feel? Yeah, it's great. It's such a great tool. I'm endlessly grateful that you took time out of your wildly busy schedule. I'm also so freaking proud of you and, and what you have created. And I have, I have been such a fan from afar. And also like, as I interact within your various forms of content, um, I, it's just really inspiring for me to see your journey and um, hope that I can continue mine in a, in a world that feels akin towards that with this various forms of success yeah. that you have had. And um, I really feel like the work that you are doing is bringing people 
just human beings forward. And if there's nothing more important than people showing up like themselves in true and honest ways. And so what a gift you are giving to the world that you have entrepreneurs and business owners and humans showing up as people and being people with other people. And that's such a gift. So thank you for all you're doing. And um, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. This is really so, so much fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want to work with you or if they want to um, learn more, what is within your boundaries, the best way of reaching out or finding you? Yeah. Well, uh, recently my IG has gotten, my Instagram has gotten a bit of a glow up. We've been really doing like some focus there. Oh yeah. Um, so that's a great place is to DM me. Um, it's at M Tony, M T O N I, um, like Tony Braxton, uh, with the M in front of it, obviously I'm not Tony Braxton, but, um, I wish, but, um, if you DM me on there, it, you know, my team does support me a bit in the DMS, but like, it will be me that responds to you. And I would love to just hear if there was something that really stood out to you or was a takeaway for you. Um, that's the best place is at M Tony. It's a great place to like begin the, the journey. Perfect. Perfect. And with that, thank you. Thank you. If you are anything like me, you are probably super curious about one of the five types that Marisa explained and which ones apply to you. Lucky for you, all of the resources are listed in our show notes, so feel free to check those out as well as the content that Marisa is putting out on her social. There's tons of free stuff on there that can hopefully apply to you and the work that you are doing as an artist, as an individual, as a human, as perhaps a business owner. And as always, if you liked this episode, please like, rate, and most importantly, review us. I cannot express enough how much this actually helps our podcast reach others. If you did not like this episode, just let all of that slide. If you don't yet follow us, please do on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, and more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. I'm so grateful you keep popping back on in, and we'll have yet another episode for you next week. Until then.